So uh, just by way of introduction, um, uh, and I'll, I'll let you introduce the family, but um, one of the things that Jeannie and I share some, some similarities and then some big differences as well. And one of the big differences was that I grew up in a family that kind of projected strengths and hid weaknesses, right? So you didn't let, want to let anybody know that you were struggling or things were going on. Jeannie is one of the most authentic people I know. And so early in our marriage, like we would, we would go out with another young couple and we'd be out on a date and, um, and she would start telling stories that I'm like, I cannot believe you are sharing that, right? And I would be like kicking her under the table. And, um, and I think I almost gave you a phobia because at one point, you know, like we were out with somebody and I, and I just put my hand on her leg and she's like, what, what did I say? And so um, I am, uh, if you are like me, I'm still learning about that authenticity part. And, um, and what I've just learned over a number of years is that if you don't show your cracks, people may respect you, but when you show their cracks, they love you, right? And, um, and that is true just whether it's at work or at home or in your community. And um, Jeannie's terrific at that. So if you pick that up, um, she's much more authentic and sharing um, than I am. Um, and we'll see how I do tonight. So you can give me a grade after we're done, right? Yeah, we, um, we've been married for 25 years, going on 26 this summer, and it sounds like um, we are going to get to celebrate our anniversary and John's 60th birthday, and a lot of fun things this summer um, as our oldest comes home, and she's in the first serious relationship she's ever had, and so just walking through some of these things and thinking through them through the lens of this next generation of marriage and how we know we want her to end up in re-engage sooner rather than later to learn how to put um, all these truths that she's learned her whole life together. In this picture, we, um, in our family, Jay is 18 on the, in the top. He's about to graduate and headed to OU. Lucy's kind of hiding back there in the back. She's 16 and going to be so sad to be the only one at home for the next two years. Way yeah, too much pressure and way too, too much, much exposure. You see John, MJ, is, is all the way to your right. Um, Caitlin, the oldest, is in the middle, and she's in New York teaching third grade. MJ and Sydney, the one that she's hugging, are a junior and sophomore down at UT. So that's kind of our clan. Yes, we have we have A and M, we have UT at two, and now we have one at Oklahoma. So you know maybe Baylor or Tech it will be the last one, and, and we'll we'll complete the trifecta. You know, so um, so what we wanted to start at tonight is we're just talking about commitment, and um, one of the things that's really true in marriage is you know there's ups and downs, and you're either going to decide that you want to stick together, and or that you're going to be stuck. And those are two very different things, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's the same outside disagreements, uh, you know, uh, fights, things like that. But in one, in the sticking together, you're actually trying to work through it. And when you're stuck, it's much more feeling like, okay, I'm trapped. And, um, and so that's kind of what we want to talk. And do you, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and start off with it. Okay. Um, I love analogies. I love illustrations. A ton of my people play soccer. I do not. I don't think I could run up and down the field and actually survive at the speed and rate that they do. But I think um, 
if we were, you were to look at our marriage, Jay, John plays defense and I play offense. And so we play the same game, but we come at it, as he's alluded to, very differently. And glue, you know, um, the coach that Lucy plays for right now did a whole lesson on glue and how you want a person on your team that's just glue. And you guys remember Sugarland Stuck Like Glue, that song. Glue is, is a binding agent. And Kolea, Kaleo is not, not Kaleo like fellowship, I can't say it, but Kaleo is what the Bible says in when it says, and haven't you heard that the creator, when he said, you know, let us make man in our image, let us make them male and female, and a man shall leave his father, and a father leave um, a man leave his, his, his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one, and two should become one. So what was two is now one. And what God has joined together, let not man separate. And so your commitment, the word commitment just boils down to what is the glue that holds you together. And so once you get in the relationship with somebody and you're playing on the same team, um, not to give the end away, but to give the end away, you want to be a we, not a me. The I blends into a we. And so we're playing the same game. We're playing different angles on the same game. And we have to learn to appreciate and complement each other. And so for me, um, the depth of your commitment, these are notes that I took. I don't know if you guys have, have gone through foundation groups or heard about it, but they had us read a book when we got to lead one. We were actually... Um, too old to be in one, so we decided we'd lead one because they could learn from a bad example, and we could learn all the stuff that you learn in Foundation Group. That um, A Lasting Promise is a book they have us read. So all this stuff is lifted right off those two chapters, and it was so much fun to go back and review those chapters. And there's a version that I have that's this version, which is the old version with the cheesy couple on the thing. And then there's this version, which is the newer version, which, you know, just a little bit more updated, has better illustrations, better applications. But it's the same truth. And each year for your commitment to grow closer and to grow stronger in your marriage, you have to revisit your why. Why are we here? Why are we together? What is God calling us to do? And really be pursuing a common goal. And um, the kind and depth of your commitment, and we're going to talk about two different kinds of commitment, has a lot to do with your chances of staying together and being happy. Okay, and in the Matthew 9, 3 through 6, Jesus tells through Matthew writes of the commitment made in marriage that's like glue and people stick together in a lifelong relationship of unbroken oneness. You have two types of commitment. Constraint commitment refers to the forces that keep individuals in relationships, whether or not they're dedicated to one another. Commitment feels like a negative force preventing freedom and happiness. You're constrained. Um, you, it's the have to part of doing things. Dedication commitment is a desire of an individual to maintain and improve the quality of the relationship for the joint benefit of both partners. Intrinsic desire and behaviors not only to continue in the relationship, but to improve it, to sacrifice for it, for the spouse's benefit and not just their own. Together, the forces of constraint and dedication produce a deep bond that takes couples through the thick and thin of the relationship. And so to draw back on the analogy I was talking about, you know, there's a lot of children that are made to play on a team are made to participate in a sport because they know it will be good for them. There's a lot of people that get married for a lot of different reasons, but then they, why they stay married has to be not because they have to, 
but because they want to. And all of us want to be loved by somebody, not because they have to love us, but because they want to love us. And your dedication today is going to build constraints later. Now, there are several types of constraints that hold us together in marriage. There's a moral constraint. Some constraints are directly related to moral importance, the immorality of divorce, God's heart for marriage that can be a that is to be a permanent union. So you might be morally constrained. Hey, I have to stay married. God hates divorce. A meta commitment is I'm in it to win it. I started this and I'm going to finish it. And so you may be just a determined type A person that just doesn't like to lose. And so you're in it, but you're in it because you don't want to be perceived as a failure. Your pragmatic constraints could be something really practical. Like I don't think I could live at my standard of living without both of our incomes. Um, what would my families say. Um, I, we have investments. We've bought a house together. We have kids together. Then all those assets in our, they're going to be irretrievable and I can't get them back. The social pressure, you know, nobody else in my family is divorced. And so I really have to stay married. And then the quality of your alternatives. I mean, is there anybody else that's ever going to want me if I get divorced? Am I ever going to be able to find anybody else? Um, definitely the economic dependence. And then, um, so you would say that those are all things that keep people those stuck are, Yeah, those in are constraints. Right. And those are, some of them are good. Some of them are like, hey, what does God think about marriage? But those are things that would bind you together, that constrain you, that keep you from leaving, even though you might want to. Versus the commitment of personal dedication, where it's guided by agape love. God loves us not because he has to but because he wants to. He says, I want you um, to love each other, not because you have to, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. And we have a slide on 1 Corinthians 13, four through eight, that just talks about love. And you have to insert God and Jesus in these because left to ourselves, we are none of these. I don't even get one fourth of these right. But as you read through these, God desires the long-term. He has the long-term in mind. He wants the relationships in our life to continue into the future. And when you're dedicated to somebody, your expectation and desire for that relationship to last um, is driven by the fact that you have a long-term vision in mind of loving him the way Christ has loved you unconditionally. Um, you have to give priority to the relationship. Um, you have to place that relationship over everybody else. And one of the things the book really points to that helps me so much is if I'm thinking about a commitment or giving a shower or going out with friends or, or spending money on something, how does this affect my marriage? If I put my marriage first, what would John say about this purchase? What would John say about this commitment? Does John even know this person I want to throw a shower for? I mean, all these things, if I'm really putting the we in front of the me, they have to come into question. Um, the weakness is the degree to which one views a relationship as a team rather than two separate individuals. We transcends I. It, your identity together is us. And then satisfaction with sacrifice. You've got to know in your soul and believe at your core it is better to give than receive and that nothing worth having comes without sacrifice. And it's the degree to which people feel a sense of satisfaction in doing things largely or solely for the partner's benefit. Give of yourself for your partner's good. And so then, can, I, can I jump in real quick there? Yeah. Yeah. So, right, so you've got these two forces. One is kind of constraints that are holding you in marriage where you feel like you're stuck. And one is dedication where you're, you know, you want to be married and you're a we. And when you think about it, what kills the we part of it is it's an inability to resolve conflict, right? And then what happens is that erodes the satisfaction in a marriage, and then you, you start trying less, 
right? And I think Jeannie and I, I, let me speak for me. There have been definitely points in our marriage where I try less because I think it doesn't matter. And that's just a lie, you know? And the two things that, um, that I've just kind of thought about as this is, the first one um, is you can't talk your way out of something you behaved your way into, okay? And so that's something that, I tell my kids that all the time. Like we just had one that had a, a minor blow up. And I'm like, listen, you lost trust when you did that, right? It's gonna take you some time, okay? But you can't talk your way out of something you behaved your way into. And I think one of my big mistakes is um, when we're trying to get resolved is I wanna talk my way out of something I behaved my way into, okay? And where I get into trouble in our marriage is usually in terms of actions, it's the things I don't do rather than the things I do, right? So it's more neglect, and, um, and that's where I really get, get sideways. And so it's just saying to myself, okay, self, um, you've got to behave your way out of this because you behaved your way into it. Like that's one big one. And then the other thing I've just got to tell myself is, listen, I didn't get here overnight. I'm not going to get out overnight, right? So like, you know, we've been at points in our marriage that are at lows and I want to get out of that in like 24 hours, and so I get discouraged if, if it's taking longer than that. Um, but what I've got to realize is, hey, th- the behaviors that got you here um, didn't happen overnight. And it's, and it's, and it's not going to go away overnight. But if you start working these principles where it's a we and I'm moving towards her, and um, then over time it will get better. And so um, that's just something in terms of expectations that when you get stuck. And we live in a society where commitment and dedication can really, even membership here at Watermark can be reevaluated a year at a time, right? Like our daughter is trying out tonight for a new soccer team, a new club that she was at at first, has been to two other clubs since, and is now coming back. And that re-up happens every year. So back to the soccer thing, it's like, look, is it working for me? How dedicated am I to this team? Is it working for me? not am I working towards something. And I long for her to see a team in us and to be on a team where she's committed so deeply to the relationships and the people on the team that they wanna become something greater. You know, a whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And that's true for marriage. So for me, dedication, as I'll wrap up and hand it back to John, is like, look, you've gotta be committed to something greater than yourself that you're both pursuing. I can't just be committed to John and loving him well, and he can't be just committed to me because we're different people. We have to be committed together towards something that draws us together. And in Revelation 2.5, it says, um, remember, um, if you guys could throw that verse up there, I think that's the last one that we sent you. Remember, it has three key to-dos. Remember, repent, and do the things you did at first. So remember your first love. Remember what got you here and got you in this marriage to begin with. Repent of the things that are hindering you and holding you back. And then do the things you did at first. So when you first fell in love and you first were all for each other and it was so easy to put his or her interests above your own, do those things again and be find something. We did a thing at the marriage conference and it was so good to kind of galvanize and think about what are we committed to outside ourselves and outside raising our kids? Do we have anything in common that is that we're really pushing towards? It could be a fitness goal. It could be a financial goal. It could be a ministry goal of really pouring into the people on our street. Um, and get back to the point where there's a song. Do you guys remember that old song, I Want You to Want Me? I need you to need me. 
You know, it's like we just want to be wanted and we want to feel like we're on a team. And I know when people are playing offense and defense, I see it in soccer with my kids all the time, the strikers will really criticize the backs and the backs will really criticize the strikers and they don't play each other's role. But if you get to a game, it's always the other people's fault, right? And so when we're playing opposite ends of the field, we have to get to where we're dedicated towards the goal. We're on the same side of a problem and moving towards it. Um, and it also says in one other verse that I really loved is Malachi 2.15, guard your spirit and stay faithful to the wife of your youth. Do not break faith. And so just make it in your mind that I am dedicated to honoring the Lord, to his best interest, and I'm constrained because of the love of Christ. He is always going to be faithful to me. I'm always going to be faithful to him. And then all the other options will um, grow strangely dim. Yeah. And then the last thing I think I would just say is, is I really wish marriage, you could just decide one time, I'm going to be dedicated and I'm going to put the other person first. Right. And what makes it so hard is you have to decide that every single day. And, um, and so there are so many times where I feel like I am falling short of that. And, uh, and so this is just something where if you think about, Hey, it's a we, and I'm going to make all my decisions with, with the other person in mind, like what would they think about this decision? And then just being willing to make sacrifices, you know? And um, one of the things that I really love about Jeannie is she's got an expression like, hey, when you, when you serve the other person, you're doing it for fun and for free. And that means you're not expecting anything back, right? It's not like I'm giving with the expectation that I'm gonna get back. And if you don't give back, then I'm gonna get bitter and resent, okay? And um, there is a sense in which Jesus Christ gave up his life for us, right? Not because of what we did, but in spite of it. And, um, and there is a, there's a book, it's called Unoffendable, um, which is my favorite book um, right now in terms of when people ask me. But it's just recognizing that, hey, um, you know, we are both broken, we both make mistakes, and just what's it like to give freedom and grace to the person you're living with? right? And, um, and living in an understanding way. So as we just focus and wrap this up, um, we want to be a couple that's focused on being dedicated in terms of our commitment, not constrained. And we want our kids to see two people that are looking to grow in their marriage um, and understanding that it takes work, right? I mean, the, one of the best things that our kids can understand is, is this is just not a question of marrying the right person, right? Because you never marry the right person, right? And because there's no perfect people. And even if you did marry the right person, they're going to change, okay? So in six months, they're not going to be the right person. And so this is a, um, a thing of which, hey, we're both flawed, but we're moving together, right? And, and we're focused on serving and loving and sacrificing for one another. And that's really the commitment that we're trying to sign up for. And that's something that we re need to renew each day, because it's just not a one-time thing, right? Like I can get so sideways so fast. So um, with that, um, I just wanna say, hey, we're really glad everyone is here tonight. We've been through Reengage twice and we need to go through it again. Um, you know, uh, it's just one of the best things for, for our marriage. Yeah. And so um, we're glad you're here tonight. We hope that we're all growing in our dedication and love. And do you wanna pray for everybody? I would and, love to. Yeah. Um, Lord, thank you for my friend 
um, that keeps pointing me back to mantras and who I speak with and work out with. And I just love and thank you for people who remind us of who we are. And I pray that each of these couples would find verses, that they would find mantras, that they would find values, that they would speak out loud to each other and with each other every day to remind us of who we are and whose we are, and that we're called to love as you loved and seek to serve and not be served. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that this whole group could be able to remember whose they are, to repent of things that are hindering their relationship and keeping them stuck in um, places of selfishness, and that they would really do the things they did at first, which drew them to each other, which is, I know, just being willing to lay their lives down. Lord, I pray they wouldn't keep score. I pray that they would only keep score of what you've done for them and how they can pay that forward, and that they would live a life of grace and mercy. And Lord, thank you so much for this time, for even these topics that cause us to um, call your commitment to us into mine and to apply that, Lord. I pray these would be dedicated, devoted, um, followers of you, Lord, who make a difference in their world by the example of their marriage. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.